0: Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here with Jason Kozek, the CEO of Millennium Precious Metals. Uh, it's a Nevada-based oxide, high-margin uh, gold uh, development and exploration company. Um, we're getting an update. We last talked with him in November, and since then, we've had some uh, assays that have been released, uh, which were very good and, and looks like they're... Uh, continuing to prove up the thesis Um, and uh, we're going to get his take on on some of the things going on with the company, as well as clear up what is uh, margin and uh, some other uh, outstanding issues uh, that I think need to be covered so investors can follow along and also have a better idea how to model uh, value uh, and therefore uh, appreciation to the market cap of any given company they invest in. Hi, Jason. How are you?
1: Good, and in yourself, Doc. Thanks for having me on, and thanks uh, for your listeners for joining.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to see you again. I've been following along. So we've had three sets of, um, of assays from Mountain View since we last chat, uh, all, all of which were above the, the grade that's in the resource table, and um, some of them were expanding the deposit, some were uh, in, uh, infilling uh, certain areas. So... Um, how are you feeling about how things are going so far or would you like to add any color to you because you were ex- you were looking at the plumbing system there because there's also the high grade uh system beneath the disseminated uh, oxide so how, how is that uh coming along
1: yeah thanks Doug. so we've had uh, a few holes as you mentioned that have that have come out and that's exactly what what you mentioned is, is what we're trying to do here. And just so everyone is clear, the, the program was designed to see where the resource is open, see where it's closed off because it's not open in every direction, I can tell you that, uh, or some people might tell you it's open in all directions. And the one of the big things is too, is to see what the resource conversion rate is. Right now, a resource sits at inferred. So you're looking at you know predicting between holes that are hundred meters apart, and In order to do the economic study, we need one hole right in the middle. So you have around 50 meter spacings in these types of things. And then a lot of that material is going to do a lot of metallurgical tests. So there's, you know, viability tests, which are bottle rolls, which we have, we have a few done on both projects. And then there's columns, which are a lot more accurate. So pretty much all the material that we're, we're drilling right now is, is used for, for the metallurgical work over 47 um, samples are being collected um, to do that work. And then also important that i will have an impact on the strip is the geotechnical work. So all of our holes are done with HQ and PQ. So really just doing the proper systematic scientific work so that our exploration holes can also be used for engineering to design the pit walls to see what the what the strip will will be at the end of the day uh, and then so we can understand and the network a little bit better. You know we've had holes, you know the three holes that we've released, you know what's spectacular about them is the grade continuity here. So you know we're looking at hole 15 was 275 meters of 0.5.49 oxide. With higher grade zones you know 40 meters of of 1.9 um, which are you know quite significant when you're looking at the average grade of the great basin for oxides is around 0. 0.35 you know yeah. other holes like 21 hole 21 that were released the other day you know 189 meters of 0. 0.46 with a high grade intercept right at the top of the hole which will obviously help forward for the payback you're at a 33 meters of 1.35, and then the last one that we put out was 232 meters of 0.9, so significantly higher than than what we see in Nevada. And a lot of the holes, like I said, were there's a few gaps that you can that you'll be able to see uh, in the block model. It'll be on slide 12 once we post the deck. But there's gaps in the block model. And that's a relic because of drill spacing. So in filling those gaps will we'll add tonnage, not a significant amount of tonnage, but it will add tonnage. And it's important to see what the resource conversion rate is. And right now we're looking around 85, 87%, um, which, is, which is spectacular. Um, some of the higher grade zones, um, I don't wanna to get too technical for your listeners, but the way these things form, um, is fluids migrate up a structure. So here we have a big fault on the, um, on the eastern side of, of the pit wall. So the fluids migrate up there and then they hit a more permeable uh, unit, which is a volcanic unit. And all this is happening when you're basically confining, when you have confining pressure as you're, as you're, as you're building the mountain chain. And then around 17 million years ago, you you go from compressional tectonics to extensional tectonics. And what happens when you're right at that point and the fluid is migrating up this fault system, you now supersaturate a volcanic unit. And once you remove lithostatic pressure, and how that's done is going from compression to extension, you create flash boiling.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when you create flash boiling, it causes the gold to drop out. And that's just in the more permeable horizon that produces this disseminated zone in this volcanic that, we, that the current resource is in. What we've seen now in a few drill holes that, you know, haven't been released yet is that below the volcanic unit, you sit in these intercalated basalts and andesites. And what happens there is the fluid will come up and break apart th- those units through hydrothermal brecciation and causing vein development. And this is very common to see this in the Sierra Massif or the, in the Sierra Madre. It's very analogous to, to see this uh, in Nevada, which is similar to the sleeper deposit. And in the, in the more mafic and iron rich rocks, because there's a lot of iron in there, it actually changes the pH of the fluid, causing the gold to drop in those zones. So, you know, what we've gone out to do just to rehash it all is where is it open? Where is it closed off? Which we've done, it's open to the Northwest, it's open at depth Um, and it's open into the basin to the West. It's closed off to the East and closed off to to the Southeast. Um, We've seen great resource conversion. Uh, You're looking around 80, 80%. All the material just got sent off to the lab to do all the met work. But we're seeing, you know, oxidation profiles persisting below uh, 200, 300 meters, uh, which, is, which is quite significant. And all this drilling, because no one has ever drilled this project with core, they can never identify the controls of mineralization. So what we've seen is passive alteration in the rhyolite. Which gives you the disseminated zone. As you get deeper, you get hydrothermal breccia. So fluids migrating up, and then right below the hydrothermal breccia, you get a vein, and that's exactly what you how sleeper was discovered. So everything we've gone out to do, we we've accomplished uh, in this drill program.
0: I think what's what's also interesting to uh, point out is that the historical resource was based on RC drilling, which. Empirically, was it because the the core drilling you're doing is is producing a much a higher grade than in the resource, and part of that reason is believed and now is being confirmed is that the historic resource was based on RC drilling, so all, the water that was used in RC was flushing out a lot of the fines that wasn't being captured when they were doing the assays it was being washed out of, the, out of out of the the core, so so that that's also very interesting too. Um, yeah, so, you know,
1: that's exactly what happens is that when the water, when the holes make a lot of water um, and you have RC holes that are discharging from the face of the bit, you flush out all the fines in the free gold. So, you know, we're seeing, and, and it varies hole to hole, but yeah. we're seeing about, you know, 10 to 15% increase uh, in, in grade overall through throughout, throughout the pit.
0: Which is pretty substantial, right? You know, oh, totally. T- <laughs> yeah and, and speak, <laughs> speaking speaking of, of grade now uh i'll just call it what it is there's a lot of bullshit that people put out there well not a lot there's a few bad actors out there that that want to um, push this false narrative this um skullduggery of uh that these intercepts there's there's smearing going on now uh I call bullshit on that, and I'll tell you why, because the cutoff grade is 0.14, and if you look at any one of these holes, the residual grade is above the cutoff grade, which means that it's mineable ore, and you're going to stack that on the leach pad. That's not waste rock, because it has economic value that exceeds the cutoff grade, and it will be mined to get to the higher grades. Uh, and if you look at the distribution in the block model uh there is consistency of grade throughout uh the 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 deposit um so uh, I was wondering if you had any comment or or maybe you could do it a little more elo- eloquently than i can
1: yeah, you did a great job and and uh, realistically is is that what that's what we look at is uh you know is the residual grade and, and everyone has these calculators online. So, you know, we actually put it in our press release. So we yeah, yeah. don't actually have to go to the Brent Cook calculator or whoever calculator they want to use is, is we put the residual grade into this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the residual grade is is always really above 0.2, okay? And our cutoff is is based obviously off, off the economics of $2 ton mining for processing to GNA uh, which is is conservative, uh, you know. GSV just put out uh, their study, uh, and it was a PFS study, so you know a lot more conservative. Um, their numbers have to be at, at that level, mm-hmm. and I believe that they were just just under or mid seven seventy eight or something like that. Yeah. So that's what your 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 cutoff grade is based on. So you know when all of the residual grade is above the cutoff, you know you're not smearing grade th- throughout
0: it. Yeah exactly it, 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 it meets it meets the cut right okay. uh, and, and then then you, you go back to what is the uh, what is the, uh, the the run of mill grade going through and uh, at 1600 gold uh, with an11 dollars uh, mining milling in GNA per ton, you're looking at a margin of approximately 50 percent on every ounce that you produce.
1: Yes, that's a good one. So we just put a new slide in the deck for for all your listeners out there. And I think it's quite powerful. So what we've done is we've done the strip adjusted in situ value of the rock. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what is the value of the rock in the ground? Um, And we put sensitivity tables in there. So, you know, at 0.42, which is our grade, at sixteen hundred dollars, I don't think gold's going back to sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, you're looking at twenty-two dollar a ton in situ value. Mm-hmm. Um, and using the potential in situ margin, which is you know the margin uh, cost uh, a- a- after milling, um, the average of in Nevada is is eleven dollars. So you know our resource was done at. At, at eight, so obviously inflation is, is caught up. But even at eleven dollars, at sixteen hundred dollar gold, you're looking at a forty nine percent margin. Okay, if we were to pick that up at today's prices, you know, you're looking at in situ value at twenty six dollars a ton, um, and you know, a margin of fifty eight percent. And I think that's what you know a lot of people are coming into the gold space. A lot of value investors that commonly never come into the space are looking at these high margin, low capex projects um, that are are very attractive when you're you're trading at 0.2 NAV. And I think, you know, for your listeners out there, that's really the value proposition we have today is, you know, okay, what are the questions that need to be answered to get a re-rating to trade in line with your developers? Well, the answer is: is we need to understand the geotech, which we have done, and we'll obviously uh, publish that work, um, and that has an impact on your, on your strip. The metallurgical work, which we are, it, the holes just went to the lab. Um, you know, just so everyone knows, there's there's been multiple kind of samples taken in the past, and you're looking around eighty percent for oxides and. 30 to 50 on, on the sulfide. So we have, we have an understanding of that. Um, we have an understanding of, of, of the pit wall design, but once all these studies are wrapped up, you know, that's when we, all that work is going to, do the, to the, do the PEA. And that's when you re-rate to, you know, a 0. 0.5 times NAV, 0. 0.6 NAV. And that's how, you know, people like yourself People, well, really smart mining analysts, get a target price of you know a dollar twenty to a dollar forty is is based off those metrics. So you know smart institutional shareholders, you know, and you look at our roster, you have you know some of the biggest institutions in the world. You know, ASA is a division of the Oppenheimer family, uh, which is Merck. Uh, you have Franklin Templeton. You have Century. You have Broma, which is the Lundin family office. Um, Some very prominent investors and why they get involved now is that, okay, you have a team that's done this seven times, put up over 60 million ounces, five of the the seven are in construction and production today. So they trust that all that systematic scientific work that needs to get done is getting done. And once the PEA comes out, you will have that re-rating opportunity. And that's why the smart money gets involved now, like yourself. Uh, ahead of that re-rate.
0: Well, one thing I'd like to point out, just for people listening, so, so uh, there had been some misinformation put out there by some bad actors and the company, what did they do? They addressed it, they've posted up a new presentation that breaks it down even further so it's easier to understand so that, so that you can actually check the data, you can vet it for yourself. Because you know, as I say, the math is the math. The math doesn't lie. So I encourage anyone to go and take a look at the new presentation and do some reading up on what uh, a cutoff grade is. Um, so Mountain View. So just just to um, boil down some of the things that, that you've told me here. So the grade, because you're using core drilling, is 10 to 15 percent higher than the historic. So that there would bring the resource at $1,600 gold from. 440,000 ounces to about 500,000 ounces there. Uh, you're infilling in places that were left uh, empty in the resource model prior historically, which means that in that same shell, there will be more uh, mineable tons, which means the strip ratio will get lower, which means better economics as well as the better grade, as you said. Plus, there's been some extension drilling, which is going to increase the overall resource there now if your company was just this one deposit that would be one thing but if we go over to wildcat which will be uh combined in a pa because the uh, loaded carbon from both these will run to the same place therefore the economics will be blended uh we get uh we go over to wildcat which you are going to be starting to drill i believe next month is it
1: yeah so we'll start the literally they're just fixing up the road and building the pads. So we should be drilling that uh, beginning to mid April.
0: Right. And so Wildcat is, is another uh, oxide, large oxide uh, deposit, um, which has virtually almost no strip ratio, uh, right out service and has a a really broad footprint of uh, 2.3 kilometers by 1.2 1.2 kilometers, uh, majority of which has not been drilled yet. So um, are you planning uh, this drill program? Are you gonna be doing infill or are you gonna be stepping out uh, along those, those two uh, two dimensions there, the uh, length and width to, to, to fill in to see uh, how much you can grow this deposit? What's the plan for this drill season?
1: yeah okay so it's important to know for for all listeners is that um one these re- the resource in the in the pea that we're going to be putting out it's it's a, it's going to be a joint pea as you mentioned and, and you can have basically one team running both of them in, in contract miners so you save on that and then you save on having a uh, one centralized stripping facility it's also important to know that in nevada the way the permitting Works is you start off with an NOI, which is your Notice of Intent, and that only gives you five acres of disturbance. And you know your listeners have to remember that we inherited these NOIs, so we there's not much places we can go to to expand right now. So that's what I mean. It's it's a base case uh, resource and a base case PEA because in 2023. Um, the first quarter, we should have our full plan of operations to drill off. You know what we think is is the whole mineralized footprint, and as you mentioned at Wildcat, you know, you got 2.3 k by 1.2 k, you know, by 150 meters. That's something that we would drill off in 2023. Okay, um, and it's important this program what we're doing is that it's, again, it's, it's just doing proper systematic scientific work. Um, and it's what we're doing is identifying the plumbing system, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing where the resource is open, seeing where it's closed off. Cause it's like I said before, it's not, it's, it's not open in every direction and it's closed off in certain areas. And we need to understand that uh, to better plan the bigger, bigger drill program. And, and the program's 44 holes, just over 4,000 meters. Um, and I think, you know, we, could gr- we can definitely grow this over a million ounces, no problem. Um, we strongly believe that. But I think the bigger picture is, is in 2023, once we have the updated uh, plan of operations, really doing what we do best uh, as, the, as the Talisker group, and what that is, is looking at projects that the last geologist forgot to do something. He was using the wrong model. They didn't have the technical and financial capacity to do it. And, you know, was there a gap in the claim block or were they, they had the wrong permit? And the answer is, is that all of them, you know they, they didn't understand the model. Uh, there was gaps throughout the claim block. They never had a plan of operations so the project was left, you know, half done. And, and you know, Windfall with Ruben uh, was a prime example of that. You know, Windfall is over seven and a half million ounces. Barkerville went from when we got there we wrote it off to zero, and it's up to six point eight. You know, Cote Lake, which was my first project, is now Canada's third largest gold project, um, other than Detour and Canadian Malartic. So it's, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel here. Um, it takes time to do the systematic scientific work. Um, but that's the approach we've used in the past. And, you know, we're quite excited about the potential to be something, you know, north of a few million ounces with that size of a, of a mineralized footprint at Wildcat.
0: Yeah, looking at Wildcat on um, the uh, mineralization, the block model that's there, and it's a very, currently, Currently, the resource is in a very shallow shell. So it looks like there is, as you do some, some of the drilling there, a, a real possibility of extending the pit boundaries at depth and including more of that resource uh, when you do do the PEA, because there are some nice uh, high-grade blocks that were historically identified. Uh, once you get down to about you know 200 meters in depth, there, there's a whole section there um because currently uh from what i'm looking at here the pit looks like to be on average the the deepest part of the pit looks to be about 100 meters deep and the shallowest part is basically your mining at surface so as far as open pits goes that's that's pretty shallow which means there's a lot of ore that or potential ore i should say a resource that could be brought into that at at what it seems to be much higher grades as you get more uh, uh drill more at depth and get uh down closer to wherever the sulfide boundary is, the transition zone. Um, but if uh, this again was this resource was calculated using RC drilling, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I'm going to posit an idea here that you know. As we saw at Mountain View, uh, the grade increased 10 to 15% because they used RC and a lot of the fines and free gold was washed out. Here, uh, if it's the same circumstance, then the resource at $1,600 gold of 805 ounces increases 10 to 15% will get you to approximately 900,000 ounces, including the 500,000 ounces before any expansion at Mountain View gets you to 1.4 million ounces of oxide.
1: Yeah, so I exactly. think-
0: To start with, right? Yeah. So, what's your market cap today? So, I think we're at 68 or 70. Right. And how much cash do you have in the bank?
1: Just uh, 12.5.
0: 12.5 million. So, you have an an enterprise value of 48 million Canadian, 1.4 million ounces, in my words, just going by the data here to start with before expansion at a margin of 50% at $1,600 gold low-cap acts in Nevada?
1: So I think, you know, what you're getting <laughs> at is, the thing uh, is, is that, you know, for example, you know, GSV uh, for oxide ounces trades at about $110 an ounce. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you know, they're at, they're more advanced. That's 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 the reality is, is that they've done the geotech, they've done the met, uh, they've done the mine planning, all of that sort of stuff. So that's why they're trading at 110 and right now the value proposition is that we're trading at 38 and that we are doing the work and we're a team that's done the work before. You know, with respects to Wildcat, um, I'm very cautious to, 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 to say things before we do the work. Um, yeah, so, yeah I, I, you know, I understand. One, one thing is, is that unlike uh, Mountain View, Mountain View sits in the basin, whereas Wildcat is basically on the top of the mountain. Right. So having, you know, the holes making water, causing it to flush a lot of the fines in free gold. I don't know if that'll be, be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, to, to get to those deeper high grade blocks, it obviously depends on, on it's all the, all comes down to margin, right? As, as we right. all come down. So, you know, once we do the geotech work, you know, if someone says, okay, you know the the pit slope can't be more than 40 degrees well then okay we can't get down there if the met is is sub 70 percent then we can't get down there but the reality is is that this is a volcanic rock so it's very competent Mm -hmm. uh so to have a good rmr and a good rqd so right now the pit wall is at 45 degrees in the resource um you know, I'm not a geotech engineer, but uh, for Nevada, the average pit wall is around 50. Okay, in these volcanics. Yeah. So I think we're quite conservative on that. Um, we've done, we've done, uh, we haven't done. The previous company, Allied Nevada, had done multiple uh, bottle rolls. They haven't done a column. Um, But the bottle rolls were, you know, 80, 83 on on the oxides. We're using 80 on on the current resource. So everything we do that we've done so far is is very conservative. Mm -hmm. Everything that we're doing now, we're going above and beyond a PEA level. So what we do is we do multiple geotech holes. Um, We do, you know, at Mountain View, like I said, we're doing believe 44 or 47 um, met samples and we'll be doing the same thing uh, at Wildcat. So going above and beyond the PEA level, you know, probably to a PFS level on on the met and the geotech because that those are the main drivers that drive the economics.
0: Well, I appreciate you pushing back on my uh, my bullishness. Uh, <laughs> I, I always appreciate when companies be are more conservative than uh, than uh, ultra bullish because it, 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 you know, in the end, it's always nice to over deliver and under promise, but e- even without adding uh, 10 to 15% to the grade there, then you're still looking at 1.4 million ounces of oxide between the two as of today.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I always, you know, when I was, I used to be a, a chief mine geologist and my goal is always, I always try and sandbag the resource or sandbag numbers so that we come, we under promise and over deliver. And then I don't get the old my old CEO barking at me when we, do, when we start doing the reconciliation. So, yeah.
0: you know, I,
1: th- I think, you know, conservatively, uh, we can see this resource, you know, in and around the 1.5 million ounce range. And, you know, for, for a comparable, you know, GSV is a, a great comparable, and they're a $225 million company right now, and we're basically at the same same resource, and And why they get that, like I said, why they get that value is because they've done the MET, the geotech, the mine scheduling, the detailed yeah. engineering, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. So, you yeah. know, I think... People being short-sighted um, in, you know, investing on a few drill holes is is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think you know to be uh, to be a proper resource investor, you need a a longer time horizon. And the reality is is that there's not many of these projects left. And the way you build a real company, a real company, is like, like Mark Bristow or, you know, any of the guys, Clive Johnson, you know, they run their reserves at 1250. And at 1250, you know, let me just pull up the slide. So I don't misquote my number at 1200. It's still a 32% margin. So, you know, the way we build our team, the way we build our business is that in the worst environment, we still make money. And that's how Clive Johnson started B2. You know, Clive Johnson's when he started b two. You know, mm-hmm. they're up over. I think they're up like sixteen hundred percent. Okay, yeah. and it's because he builds a real business, and it's a second time doing it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, that's that's the way. You know, investors have to have to look at these things and find these projects like you like like you've done that are that are trading well below their the developers peer group, and
0: yeah. have the
1: cash and the team to do it, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I covered this in, in our uh, our last conversation that one of the main attractions here is also the it's incredibly low capex, right? You know, you're looking a 100 million, 150 million, something like that. You could have 100,000 ounce uh, people each operation up and going, you know, roughly, you know, there, there, I'm sure there's some uh, cost creep in the current commodity price environment. But uh you know, yeah, yeah
1: there's a lot that, that goes into it and it's, you know, we're doing the work right now and, and, and it's how you, how you optimize these things. Right. Yeah. And that's why we brought in Raphael Dutot, who is a PhD in geostatistics and resource optimization. You know, we build our team around brilliant, you know, PhD, uh, masters, MBA level, like caliber people. Yeah, uh, that are hungry that are, want to build their name off uh, off a quality project, and we're doing that work right now. And you're looking at something that can do you know 125,000 ounces uh, per annum, you know, for for at the base case at the current resource, you know, nine to ten years. Yeah. And you know, frankly, you know, when you go through the s- slide on on slide 17 you know, really there's, there's really none of them left. You know, Hasbrook is 50% owned by Sun Valley uh, and their, their kind of mantra is their gold is in the ground is, is like a vault. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of take that off the list, but you know, when GSV, you know, is pretty much the one of the only ones there uh, left, uh, you know, there's a scarcity for these projects
0: yeah and, and that this doesn't uh, contemplate the expansion of the oxide, which looks pretty uh, uh, potential looks very high because of the, the the geological footprint and and some of the some of the prior drilling that's outside the block model, as well as the sulfides uh, below the oxide which have uh, proven to have really good leach kinetics. So uh, the overall resource, so you know you'd be producing, 120,000 ounces a year for 20 years in the end, who knows. Um, I also noticed uh, you're starting to get some, um, some decent uh, coverage in the uh, institutional community, which for retailers, it, it, it's too bad they don't have access to the sell side. Uh, uh, data that comes out, but but uh, I think there's three or four now that are covering you, know, all of which have price targets ranging between a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty, something like that. Um, yeah,
1: so there's there's five shops covering us. So CoreMark, A Capital, PI, Sprout, and Stiefel. And they, you know, range from you know a buck to a dollar forty. And what they're doing is 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 modeling out what what kind of we're we're looking at for the PEA Yeah. Um, you know some of that research uh, we could maybe post in into uh, into ceo.ca I think I've seen some leak their way in there yeah uh, but you know you're looking at a 400 million dollar nav and then applying you know 0. 0.5 0. 0.6 multiple to nav and and that's how they get their you know $1.20 to $1.40 share price so yeah you know I think one of the big things uh, that, that people forget as well is is time kills junior companies. And people have to remember that, you know, we went public in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once we complete the, the, the PEA uh, in, in early Q4, you know, we've acquired eight projects. We've raised $24 million. We have five analysts covering us. We drilled 20,000 meters, did four resource updates uh, and a PEA. I beg to differ. There's another company that has been that aggressive because there's a, you have to factor in the time value money and people forget that.
0: Well, it's because you're not a lifestyle company. You're, <laughs> bu- you're building a company. You know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, if uh, you know, you look at the broad sector there's like 1500 junior mining companies and maybe 200 250 that are investable and of those 250 finding one that is not already priced in that's the challenge that's my challenge right yeah as 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 a as a private investor you know narrowing it down to those two two three hundred companies and creating my watch list and sometimes waiting years for them to come to an evaluation where i can make money um yeah, this is really good. So uh, maybe maybe we could wrap up with just a list of catalysts coming down down the pipe. So you have some, how many meters have you yet to report from Mountain View?
1: So I think we have, I, I got to double check, but I think we have just over 700 meters left to, to, to come out of, of, of Mountain View. Okay. And then over just over 4,000 meters uh, to to drill at, at Wildcat. So yeah. From a news flow perspective, it'll be heavy from the from the drill bit from from Mountain View, um, then off to to Wildcat. Hopefully, by the end of or mid to late summer, we will have all the network done. Okay. Uh, then the resource, um, and then it'll be wrapped up uh, with the PEA in in early Q four. Okay. Great.
0: That sounds good. You know, cat-
1: Catalyst-rich story uh, that uh, will really drive home value, um, really uh, in-, in Q4.
0: And as far as um, dilution or anything like that, uh, you you have about 12 million in the bank. How much of a run- runway does that give you? Yeah, you know, just just to be transparent with
1: everyone, you know, we, all junior companies need money, and. Yeah. As the largest, one of the largest shareholders other than Eric Sprott, you know, I'm 34 years old. I put over $600,000 of my own cash into this. Um, I'm very cognizant of dilution. So, you know, there's things that we, we, we've we been looking at. You know, you can do a 1% royalty. So royalty companies at this stage will give you money at 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 times NAV. Mm-hmm. Um when the market is valuing at .2, so it's a pretty no-brainer. You take that arbol day, and I hate when companies say, "Oh, royalties or streams are are non-dilutive." That's garbage. Uh, everything is dilutive, just on an asset level or an equity level. So, you know, one percent royalty that would bring in, you know, fifteen million U.S. is four percent or three point eight percent dilution to your NAV or it's 35% uh, dilutive to to the equity. So reality is is we will need cash. We will not do it at these, anywhere near these levels. Yeah. Um, and if we don't get a re-rate to trade in line with our peer group, um, then we can just do a royalty and we don't need uh, to issue any more equity.
0: Good, good. So you're actively looking at ways to protect the uh, share structure should you need to, but with $12 million in the bank. The, yeah, no, we, we're, good. we're we're
1: we're yeah. good right to the right through the PEA,
0: so yeah. we're yeah. we
1: can accomplish everything that we we've, we've set out to do with the current cash balance.
0: Okay, good.
1: Uh, um, so we don't need it. Uh, we just always look for for kind of avenues and windows um because we will need money. You know, yeah, needs, of course. Well, that is
0: the nature of. Junior mining, but uh, you know, until yeah. until you're generating and pouring that first uh, gold pour, yeah. Um, but uh, that that's good to know that you are uh, financed to do the current drill programs up to and complete the PEA. Um, that's great. Good, you're good. I I, I just I
1: just I just hate you know guys say oh we're fully financed to do this and then a month later they pull <laughs> extremely dilutive financing. I'm like whoa 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 Oh, I know. I
0: yeah. I, un-
1: I understand um you know why companies do that um but you know for us as a dream major shareholder i i don't want to blow up the cap table
0: yeah yeah of course of course uh and then you also have red canyon but we'll save that for another another chat uh it looks like you're going to be busy with you know, these two uh oxide gold deposits that, that will be aggregated into one pea uh towards the end of this year um Great. So, uh, Jason, is there anything else that you wanted to add, um, you know, because you you're, you you read the boards is there anything that, that, that you think uh, any misconceptions or anything out there that you uh, would like to clear up that we haven't addressed? Uh,
1: yeah, no, I think, you know, for for any listener out there, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, I. Uh, I'm very, very transparent, and I will make time for anyone. So if someone is questioning something that we have done or that any other company in the industry has done, you know, I think it's really important uh, that I make myself available. That Doc makes himself available.
0: You know, oh, I'm a private person, so <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't owe anyone anything. But uh,
1: well, yeah. I, I, well, my kind of mantra is, is you know, I want to guide people into into good companies
0: oh yeah um,
1: and if they have any questions about what we do you know my phone number is on the website my email is on the website feel free to call me at any time and i'll answer any questions um, yeah. you know and I always see people call me like how much are you paying doc jones and
0: i just <laughs> and like oh uh, yeah nothing we you forgot can't,
1: can't pay him
0: I think I forgot to ask you that at the beginning. Uh, so uh, Jason, uh, am I being compensated in any way by the company to create this content?
1: Absolutely not. And uh, if you were, I would have to file that.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: So and if, with any publicly traded company, any marketing company that you use, uh, it needs to be reported and press yeah. release. So yeah. you can look in our press releases. Um, that's not happening. Um, and yeah. obviously, we're not uh, breaking the law or else we wouldn't be here. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope uh, for, for those listening, I hope you've learned something more about uh, junior mining, particularly how Oxide Gold uh, developer explorer, explorers businesses work and, and how to evaluate them so you can make better investing decisions in, in the future. Uh, thank you again for your time, Jason. Always informative. Uh, sometimes hard to keep up with you because you're you're so technically and uh, uh, just just a really really bright person. It's uh, a very refreshing, and thank you for sharing. Uh, and i look forward to seeing whatever releases come out in the near future regarding assays. And I'll be I'll be here and tell the PEA at least and and see how that comes out. But I have a very good feeling, and I'll be here for. A long time after that.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks a lot, Doc. And uh, thanks for your listeners for
0: paying attention today. All right. Thank you. Bye.